The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network 640 in Toronto. Hope your day's off to a good start. It is a show about money. Uh, very, very topical. Uh, it's incredible, the, the markets and uh, what Jack and I are involved in, because when there's a crisis, it shows up in prices every single time. Uh, you can't escape bad news when you work in finance. Uh, yeah, Bay Street, Wall Street, uh, say what you want about it. It's a fun place to work in good days, and it's an awful place to work when things are tough. But uh, certainly, Jack and I are always up for the cause. We communicate with our clients so frequently. We are here to hold hands. We're here to guide and maintain a steady hand. And uh, tell you, when the wolf on Bay Street shakes, you're getting close to a bottom. I, too, am human. I, too, have emotions, and I have to try to keep those in check. But uh, the good news is uh, we apply yin and yang in our practice. And uh, I may be the yin, but I got my yang, and that's Jack Hartle. Jack, good morning to you. Good morning, Wolf. How are you doing? I am uh, holding steady here. Again, the show is recorded. It is Thursday, April the 2nd, as Jack and I do this show uh, through social distancing. Um, and, well, the quarter that we just went through, Jack, was historically painful. And uh, we're off to another, I shall say, week in the month of April, day number two, uh, underwater to begin with. It was actually the worst start to, I think, a quarter or the month of April in history with the Dow falling over a thousand points yesterday. And again, a big concern to a lot of Canadians are those Canadian bank stocks, the, their core nursestone assets uh, in many Canadian portfolios. Uh, they offer dividends. Uh, they offer a sense of security. And they uh, managed to survive the financial crisis quite handsomely. Uh, so to bring us up to speed, I got uh, Scott Chan on the line. Scott Chan is our analyst, uh, managing director as well with Canaccord Genuity. Uh, he knows the banks well. Uh, Scott, I do appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to join uh, Jack and I and the millions of people tuning into Hi-Fi Radio right here, right now. No pressure. Uh, don't get stage fright on me there, Scott. Um, but we do need the straight news. Uh, how are our banks faring? Obviously, they've taken it on the chin as the broad market has. Um, is it uh, uh, representative of, of the amount of pain coming at the banks? Is it overdone? Uh, what's your skinny and what's your take on the Canadian financial institutions? Yeah, as you mentioned, Wolf, the, uh, the Canadian banks have fallen um, in tandem with the market. Um, you know, I believe if investors have a one, two, or three-year investment time horizon, um, Canadian bank prices will be higher during those durations. But we just don't know if a bottom has been set yet. Um, as you mentioned before, we've seen like the worst Q1 in history. And if you kind of look back at the GFC, I was on the buy side. And that was a longer duration balance sheet financial led issue. Uh, this time around for the banks with uh, COVID-19, it's more of an income statement issue. Uh, and the banks are just two months into their fiscal quarter, uh, into fiscal Q2. Uh, and there's a lot of moving factors that have happened very rapidly 
uh, that we as analysts have to kind of assess. And it's pretty fluid as it changes every day with, uh, with market swings, fiscal monetary help, and, uh, and just updates on COVID-19 globally. Um, you know, the high-quality banks that we've been talking about, you know, that provide a bit more defensive attributes in this environment are Royal Bank uh, and TD Banks. So these are the, the largest uh, in terms of market cap in Canada. Uh, and also National Bank, too, with uh, most of its core business in Quebec uh, on the eastern side. And it's got lower exposure out west, specifically in Alberta, uh, which is a bit contentious right now with the, uh, with the plunge in oil prices. Uh, you know, the stocks that we believe have more upside just based on relative valuation and, uh, you know, where, where they've traded in the last three, four months is BMO, BNS, and CIBC. And right now, the only buy-rated bank that we have uh, among the eight banks, including the regionals, is BMO right now. Uh, yeah, no, I that. noticed that. Sorry, sorry, Scott, to interject there. I noticed that the only stock that you have on your buy list is Bank of Montreal, uh, the Royal, CIBC, National, and TD, I believe you have them as a hold, correct? That's correct. Everything else is a hold. Yeah, because it's interesting. Um, but if I may, Scott, back in the day when I was a client to Bay Street, again, I've been on Bay Street uh, professionally for just under 20 years, but I used to be a client to the street as well. I think that's part of the edge I have. I can see things from both perspectives, uh, both sides of the coin. Um, back in the day, a hold used to actually mean a sell. Um, but I am quite surprised you have a hold rating on the banks because of the valuations. Uh, from what I'm seeing here, again, earnings will be adjusted, and I understand you're, uh, it's very, very fluid right here, right now. But uh, Bank of Montreal trading at seven times earnings, or CIBC at six times earnings, uh, Royal Bank at nine times earnings. Every Canadian bank is sporting a dividend well north of 5%. So I have to ask you, what is the market telling us with these banks trading at such cheap valuations, A, and then B, the dividends? Are the dividends safe? Jack and I just witnessed one of our stocks, uh, A&W, cutting its uh, royalty dividend to zero temporarily to deal with COVID-19. Uh, are the banks going to follow suit? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you mentioned that the banks trade at six, seven times forward earnings, but most of the analysts, uh, including myself right now, haven't adjusted our earnings estimates, um, you know, post-quarter, which was just a month ago when TD reported on February 28th. Um, we've been in constant dialogue with management teams and obviously listening to all the OSCE calls, the regulatory calls. Um, so that E part, the earnings part, will probably, well, is going to come down over the next few months before the next, sure. next fiscal quarter. So that six to seven times could look more like eight to nine times wolf in terms of based uh, yeah. earnings. And if you look at historically, banks have traded between seven and 13 times. So, so, so right. it will still be at the low end at this time um, because earnings are so variable. And that's what we're trying to work out, especially from a quarter to quarter basis. Um, you know, we think investors should look at price to book. And ROE is a better metric, and, and it still screens cheap relative to the global financial crisis. So if you take the big six banks right now, the price to book uh, forward average is just over one times. And, uh, right. Sorry, Scott, I apologize. We're just running tight on time here. And again, being yeah. that we are doing this remotely, it's difficult to communicate. Uh, we have to go to commercial break. Uh, you are listening to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640. In Toronto. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Sci-Fi Radio. Wake up with a little clash. Thank you, brother. That's not me. Smile. And we all need a smile. It's a tough sled and a sledding out there for each and every one of us on Mother Earth. We are in this uh, collectively. Uh, we are, we're all on one giant ship, my good friends. And, uh, well, good golly, we're going to get through this uh, storm. I promise you that. Jack Hartle and Wolfgang Klein here to help you with your money, your money questions. Look, if you have any questions about your money, don't hesitate to contact us. We will get back to you. You can contact us and find us at WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, we are talking bank stocks. Uh, Scott Chan, our analyst at Canaccord Genuity, graciously giving us some of his time today to uh, shed some light on the bank stock situation. Core holding in Canadian portfolios, um, earnings are going to uh, work their way most likely, or obviously, I should say, lower, as Scott indicated. He'll have to, as information comes in, adjust his numbers accordingly. Scott says we have to now look at price to book as opposed to price to earnings. Uh, and again, individuals at home, honestly, that's not really your job. It's the job of people like Jack and I. The job of you, Mr. Friends at Home, is to tell us what your wishes and dreams are, your tolerance for risk, your time horizon, your abilities, your means, your needs, your wishes, and all that good stuff. And from there, Jack and I construct a portfolio to meet those objectives, and we communicate with you through the process. But the big question is, because Canadian banks are core holdings, is income. And especially retirees, they need their income, and bank dividends have been core components of income. So, uh, Scott, uh, back to you. The Canadian bank stocks are yielding anywhere from five uh, with the Royal Bank to uh, as high as CIBC, well over a 7% dividend yield at today's share prices. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to maintain that dividend uh, uh, yield, Scott? Yeah, we, we think they'll absolutely be able to maintain their current dividends. Um, you know, there's been other areas that have where the regulators have stopped uh, or actually cut the dividends, most recently in, uh, in the U.K., but the Canadian banks are fine, and actually most of them came out yesterday saying that they would not cut their dividend. What Aussie did tell them was not to increase their dividend or use share buybacks uh, in order to protect their capital. The big six banks haven't cut their dividend. They didn't cut in the global financial crisis, uh, and they haven't cut it in the past 75 years. So um, as we see it today, the dividends are pretty safe. As of last quarter, the payout ratios were about 45%. Uh, we would have to see significant more downside in this COVID-19 pandemic to spread, uh, extending uh, you know this economic downturn before we start worrying about bank dividends right now. So the average dividend yield, I think, right now, Wolf, is about 6%, and we think that's well protected uh, at this level. That's incredible. That's an incredible yield in a 50 basis point interest rate environment, a half a percent on a 10-year government bond or a Canadian bank stock yielding 6%. 10-year investor. Who do you think is going to win the race? Uh, please, Jack, uh, share with us some of your thoughts and questions for Scott Chan, our bank analyst at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, sharing some time with us right here, right now. Sure. Well, we're talking to a lot of our clients here, Scott, and um, you know, some of them are small business owners. Obviously, a lot of them own, own houses, have mortgages. Um, what are what are the loan losses? I guess what are the loan loss provisions that you're going to see? Because a lot of people are under stress. You know, we feel it when we're, when we're talking to clients. Uh, we hear about it. So, what kind of loan losses would you be projecting over the next couple quarters for the big six? Yeah, that's uh, Jack. That's the biggest wild card in um, in bank um, estimates in, in terms of earnings impact. Credit will have the biggest earnings impact. It, it's just the magnitude is a bit unsure. Uh, what we do know is what you alluded to over the next two quarters with mortgage deferral payments and 
and uh, and help the small businesses, it would accrue. So it wouldn't impact their credit or credit loss provisions too much over the next few quarters. What we'll do is, uh, is an accounting change with IFRS 9, where changes in macroeconomic factors quarter for quarter could have large variability in, uh, in increased reserves or increased provisions. And, and uh, obviously, since two months ago, every macroeconomic indicator that the banks look at, GDP, unemployment, price of oil, have all deteriorated. So they're working with the regulators right now to hopefully smooth out that process and not get really big spikes over the next few quarters. So it's a, it's a fluid situation. We're getting more information on it. But loan loss provisions are going to increase uh, over the next several quarters, and we're just trying to figure out how much and, and, and from what you know, from where each bank is exposed to. Hey, Scott, let me ask you, um, in, terms of, in terms of – sorry, sorry, Jack. Uh, is Scott, I want to ask you in terms of um, mortgage relief. Uh, the banks were the culprit in the financial crises. Jack and I believe the banks now are going to be, well, I don't know about the hero, but they're going to help the cause. And they've been, I think, mandated by the federal governments to certainly help Canadians um, get through our crises. So to the average Canadian out there who has a mortgage, who perhaps lost their job or temporarily during this outbreak, uh, and a million Canadians have already filed for unemployment, so they do exist. We know that many of them are holding mortgages. What is your best advice to them in 30 seconds? Best advice in 30 seconds? Well, um, I mean, everyone is everyone is kind of locked up. I think everyone uh, should kind of help preserve capital uh, in these uncertain times. Obviously, there's no, no non-discretionary. No, my, sorry, sorry, Scott. No, my question, I apologize. My question specifically is if they can't make their mortgage payment because their cash flow has been cut off, how should Canadian, should they just forget about it? Should they wait for the check from the government or should they contact their banker immediately oh, to forewarn oh. them of their situation? Yeah, you should contact your bank that you deal with immediately, and uh, they can work on a deferral payment for you for up to six months at this juncture. Uh, so the banks have been six very, very relief they're, they're, they're entitled to, uh, Scott. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So call your bank. All right, friends at home, you, uh, you're Scott Chan, and I apologize for the um, uh, choppiness of the show. Uh, Jack and I are working remotely 60 miles away. Scott Chan, our bank analyst, graciously spending some time with us. Speak to us about the Canadian banks. His statement is Canadian bank dividends are safe. Earnings will drop. They're going to get through the crises. You stay tuned. It's Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. You're on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Show about money. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, the Yang of the Yang of the Yang. It's uh, two portfolio managers for the price of one, and we're both very different individuals, and collectively, we create magic, and that's what this show is all about. Um, staying home, social distancing, following the rules as best as I can, still over my daily exercise, sort of mandated as I got myself a dog. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience. I had a nice walk today, I must say. Um, other dogs want to, of course, uh, social interact. But uh, my friend, Dr. Cliff Redford of Wellington Vet Clinic, uh, says dogs too must social distance. Uh, so I figure let's bring the doctor of animals uh, online, the man who takes care of puppies and 
well, um, monkeys as well and anything in between. Um, <laughs> so thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. I uh, came and saw you a few weeks ago. It was a drive, but uh, you were worth the drive. Uh, you're a great guy. You, you have a wonderful clinic. You have great staff. And, you know, uh, my dog is personal. And so it was not about convenience. Uh, the nearest vet knows for the right vet, and you are the right vet for Baxter. I appreciate that. Little. Thank you. Well, no, I mean that. You're excellent. Um, you're, you're you're doing well. You're you're a very creative vet. Um, I like your tattoo of your fender on your arm, man. <laughs> hey, what song was I played? What was the band I played for you to open up? You know who that was? Uh, Pet Shop Boys. Atta boy, it was the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. Hey, that works for you, eh, Cliff? And this uh, this guitar tattoo that I have, this guitar is actually. Uh, the image is the spitting image of a guitar my son built me in grade 11 shop class. He he cut the wood, he sanded it, he soldered the electrical parts, uh, and it works. Do you remember what you and I were doing in grade 11 shop class? I mean, it was like cigarette dishes and uh, mailboxes. These guys are doing some pretty sick stuff these days. You're, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I love Woodshop, and uh, a, a, a fellow student in my grade 11 Woodshop also made a guitar. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, it, it, Darren is back then, Cliff. People would, kids would walk around the street with a guitar in their hand. They'd get on the bus, and they'd go see their friends and their jam. I don't see a lot of kids walking around with... No, no, I'm seeing these ear pods, and uh, it's just a different, <laughs> different world. But the, what, what caught... You know, Jack sent me a story um, of pet consumption and pet purchases. Uh, COVID-19, social distancing, yes, but we're out buying pets. They're, they're, they can't keep up. Um, yeah, that's right. There was that article Yeah, there was that article regarding New York uh, State, or maybe New York City specifically, but all the, and it was specifically about the rescue dogs, like all the, the dog rescues were basically saying they don't have any more dogs to foster. Which is great. I guess people are thinking, hey, I've, I've always wanted to foster a dog. Maybe we wait until the summer when the kids are home. We can teach the dog to use the bathroom outside. We can enjoy Central Park. Let's do this now. Let's bring them home with us, which I guess is great because they still have to get out and walk. And as long as they keep their dog away from other dogs and they stay away from people doing the physical distancing, but... Uh, my worry is they're going to fall in love with this dog and then adopt it, which is fantastic. But economically speaking, people need to still remember that this is an animal for life. You know, let's say 10 to 15 years, depending on how old the foster dog is, uh, is now a good time to uh, to take on these these costs. But I think that's what's going on is people need the extra the extra attention and need the extra sort of feel good vibes. Well, it, it, it is a difficult time, uh, Cliff, for all of us. Uh, I miss my buddy, uh, Jack. He's 60 miles away from me. Mm. Uh, um, I do. I, I, I like to social interact. I, I like yeah. to, uh, you know, get relatively, not too, but relatively close to Jack. Um, <laughs> or, you know, our office is too tight, so you know, the hockey stick in between us and Jack's tall to be a longer hockey stick is pretty tough. I'm right up against the wall at that point, so... <laughs> I, do. So I think I think when all this is done, um, people are going to be surpassing the handshakes for hugs. I'm going to be going in and hugging a lot of people because I yeah I miss that uh, I miss that closeness. It'll all be consensual, of course, but uh, uh, this is a this is a tough time for for people that are social like I am. That's for sure. Um, Cliff, tell me something. So so why do we have to social distance our pets? 
Yeah, and this was, uh, I did a video on Global uh, News TV a while ago, and it got quite a lot of sort of heated debate going on, and and first recognized that COVID is uh, this SARS-2, which is the name of the virus, and COVID-19 is sort of the name of the disease, I guess. But this COVID-19 virus is new, so we don't know a lot about it, but we can make some really good educated guesses because of its similarity to the original SARS virus back in 2002. And both of these viruses share the same uh, cell receptor attachment in the lungs. Therefore, that the, in, the, the, the infectious behavior of these diseases are going to be the same. And what that means is dogs can't get the disease. They can't get sick from it. But they can definitely carry it on their coat. Uh, and they predict, experts predict for a couple of hours, two or three hours, your dog can carry it on their coat and therefore act as what's called a fomite. So, you know, I have a dog, you have a dog, and I think one day they need to meet and hang out. But right now, <laughs> if if you're asymptomatic and carrying COVID, and obviously you're playing with Baxter, and then Baxter, let's say, interacts with my dog, Thalia, now I can't play with Thalia because, at least for two or three hours, because of that sort of transmission of of, uh, of virus. So it's not for the dog's uh, sort of danger, um, but it's basically, you know, I can't wear your jacket. I'm not going to wear your jacket right now, so I'm not going to let my dog touch your dog or touch you and then therefore hug my dog. That's the problem. Right. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Have a pet? Worried about COVID-19? Uh, Dr. Cliff Redford is on the line with us of the uh, Wellington Veterinarian Hospital. Uh, you can also see him on uh, YouTube, uh, Dr. Cliff Worldwide Vet, traveling the world, saving animals. Just a great, great human being. And uh, interesting side of the science, uh, it extends to each and every one of us, including our pets. Uh, you stay tuned. More show right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Friends, in so many different ways. I tell you, when I take Baxter for a walk, my golden doodle, I have to hold on to him. He just pulls and pulls and pulls. And, uh, well, if you adopt a pet, as many people have recently, you have to hold on to that pet. It is a responsibility. And trust me, uh, I'm assured that this crisis will end. And uh, may you and your pet be safe. But when you have to go back to work, you still got to hold on to that pet and take good care of them. And uh, they are a lot of work. Um, elasticity. Uh, something Jack is very, very uh, attuned to as he, of course, majored in economics and uh, demand, <laughs> supply, elasticity are very, very interesting uh, uh, theories. Um, but it's interesting. Um, there are certain things uh, that you just need to consume. Uh, we're noticing gas- gasoline is not one of them. It's cheaper and cheaper by the day. People are posting the cheapest gas on the street. And, well, no one cares. They don't want it because we're not going anywhere. But uh, if you have a pet, uh, there's an incredible stock out there, a spinoff from Pfizer, and it is Zoetis. Uh, it is a uh, drug stock for your puppies and pets. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, Dr. Cliff, that stock has held in remarkably well uh, in this COVID crisis. Um, 
Is your veterinary, is your shop open, and are you still issuing uh, prescriptions for your pup? Yeah, so uh, very recently, um, not only in the U.S., but in Canada, all the different governments have deemed veterinarians to be essential services, so we are allowed to stay open, even if there's a closure. Um, There's some limitations, you know, if you're... uh, if your dog uh, needs something that's not essential, like a nail trim, uh, unless it's really, really severe, we're going to ask that you not come in because um, we're trying to limit uh, appointments. But, yeah, absolutely, we are open. We are open our regular hours. We're dealing with surgeries and injuries and vaccines. We need to keep the animal population healthy uh, so that their human owners can uh, worry about their own, uh, their own issues. The last thing they need is one more problem in their house. So, Cliff, I have to ask you, um, this is on everyone's mind right now. Um, and again, I want to make sure I say this properly. The, the, the COVID-19 crisis, please tell us the origin of it and the environment uh, that it was created. Because I'm seeing these images on Instagram of dead, what we would consider pets in a market that are being slaughtered and traded. Yeah, so there's these things in uh, kind of rural China called wet markets, which are basically, think of them like, uh, like um, uh, outside grocery stores or, or farmer's markets. But instead of having just tomatoes and pears and fresh fish, they've got every animal for, for consumption that you can think of. And a lot of people kind of make fun of or, or get angry with the Chinese population in China regarding... How can they eat these animals? They got, they got over a billion people there, uh, and poverty is an issue. They've been eating animals that we would think aren't, aren't good for, for eating for hundreds of years. So let's, let's cut them a break. Um, but they do believe, the experts are, are 100% sure, that this virus started in a bat and either was transmitted to a ferret, so kind of like those weasel characters, um, that was maybe beside them in a cage, and then that ferret either transmitted it to a person through coughing, sneezing, touching them, or possibly through consumption. Um, but this is how the, this COVID virus works, is it's able to jump between species depending on the type of species. Um, it can't go to all animals, but certain species it can jump to. Uh, cats are one of them as far as infectious ferrets, pigs, um, so that's going to be a big issue as long as we've we got to keep it out of the food source. Um, but that's how they, they know that's how this started. And then it obviously spread uh, through the community of, uh, of Wuhan and then eventually around the world. Very interesting points you're making. And so, uh, Cliff, uh, as a hobby, I go to uh, culinary arts uh, classes at George Brown College. Um, one of our uh, classes was rabbit. Yeah. In Ontario, it's legislated that if you were to if you sell rabbit, you must sell rabbit with the head on it. And yeah. You know, why, Cliff, you know why, Cliff? Of course. Yeah. It's so people don't, don't think it's a cat. Because they look like cats. Yeah. Right. So if you're looking at buying a rabbit, it <laughs> has no head. Don't buy it. It might be a cat. Right. Uh, Jack, um, I want you to uh, pipe in about um, uh, telehealth. With telehealth, oh um, well, telehealth obviously picked up uh, a lot of a lot of traction in the last little while down in the U.S. Yeah, sorry, what, um, tell us what is it? And, and yeah, what is it? What, what have you been noticing about it, Jack? Well, it's certainly uh, with people not wanting to go into the uh, the physician's office, uh, being able to obviously make a phone call, uh, 
give your symptoms and then come up with a diagnosis. Uh, people are much more willing to do that, especially in this environment. And uh, obviously, um, it, it's a challenging environment to go into a doctor's office just because you don't know uh, what the, the state of the office is and you don't want to get an infection. Mm-hmm. So people are, you know, concerned about that. And uh, I was wondering, is there anything going on in the vet um, business like that too? Just they don't want to visit you guys, so there maybe that you guys have phone lines that they can call, Doctor Cliff. Yeah, that's a great question. So recently, our college, who's not known for sort of bending the rules, uh, our licensing organization actually really loosened the rules on the uh, availability of telemedicine. So even if I've never seen the patient before, so I've never created that vet client patient relationship. Uh, a client can call us, and depending on the scenario, uh, we can actually do like a video chat. I do it through Skype uh, for my clients or for non-clients. And, you know, if it's like an ear infection or an eye infection or skin issues, uh, maybe a little bit of lameness, depending on the situation, we're actually able to prescribe medication uh, either through a pharmacy, so you can go to Shoppers Drug Mart and pick up a prescription that your vet called in, uh, and that's always been the case. We were able to write prescriptions to human pharmacies. Or you can then come in without actually bringing in your animal. Um, but the big issue is is because I can't ask the animal what the symptoms are, there is sort of a bit more of a disconnect than there is with human medicine. But there is that option with vet clinics that certain things can be done over the phone. Yeah, and the big name radio is on the Global News Radio Network 640 in Toronto. Uh, Dr. Cliff Redford uh, has joined us to speak COVID-19 and its effects on your puppies and uh, other furry loved ones that uh, are dangling at your feet. Uh, Please, you stay tuned. More show right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. Uh, Dr. Cliff Redford is on the line. Uh, he's a vet, a veterinarian, um, very, very educated, very talented, uh, knows multiple species. Uh, Cliff travels worldwide uh, saving animals, uh, rescuing um, uh, uh what should, what should we go to? How's that a pet triage, perhaps, Cliff? Is that where you get involved in a little pet triage? Yeah, pretty much uh, sort of advanced animal rescue and, and surgeries in these sort of underserviced areas around the world. Very, very cool. Um, I have a lot of respect for the medical profession, and, and all of us are, are applauding uh, anyone in the profession, absolutely being applauded. Um, they, Cliff, you're not getting the applause just yet. Uh, I applause you personally as a friend. Um, but I have to think that if, if push comes to shove, if, if we see the crises uh, in North America, in Canada, escalate uh, God forbid, to the same degree it has in Italy, uh, where we're seeing 60, 70 doctors lose their life uh, to this um, uh, 
god-awful uh, disease uh, that is spreading globally. Um, what would be the likelihood of them calling in the, the backup? Uh, you're, you're, you, you can perform surgery. You're, you're medically highly qualified. <laughs> could you, would you be able to cross that line, or would that be pure malpractice? What kind of value could you bring to the table? Um, well, if push came to shove with a, with a decent uh, sort of assisting nurse, I could definitely do some pretty advanced surgeries on people. Uh, I recently did surgery on a monkey and had never done it before, but I understand the comparative anatomy and physiology, so it worked out great. Um, I think likely what would happen, though, is they would have us take on roles of, like, emergency nurses um, in assisting the doctors that remain. Uh, We could absolutely do it, and in fact, here in Ontario... There's been a request for, not for veterinarians, but for some of our equipment. So we're actually, uh, I'm lucky enough to have two surgery rooms at Wellington Vet Hospital. So we're shutting one down and sending our anesthetic machine and some of our oxygen and a lot of our personal protective equipment over to the local hospital that they're going to keep just in case they need it. But if push came to shove, yes, uh, veterinarians could could keep people pretty uh, happy and healthy if need be. Jack? Um, just with the, the vet clinic there at Wellington uh, Hospital, there, Doctor Cliff. Um, what what is the I guess the the foot traffic relative to what you would normally see this time of year? Yeah, I mean we're definitely going to get hit, not as much as uh, a lot of other services because right now so many are shut down because they're required to by law and we're considered essential. But uh, like for the month of March, we went down about twenty five percent in revenue, and I anticipate. April, May, June will probably be down 30 to 40 percent. Uh, and for a business that has maybe, if they're lucky, a 10 percent profit margin, that's a that's a pretty big hit. But we'll manage, and and you know we're here for the animals, and we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, Cliff. So speaking of that, your neighbors in the strip mall. Um, how many of them do you think are going to skip rent? Uh, and and your landlord, have have they made any offer of concession to give you reprieve if need be? Yeah, now we're in a big strip mall that's owned by a company called uh, Smart Centers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a pretty enormous uh, real estate investment uh, company, a, a REIT that's company. It's a REIT, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it is a REIT. Um, no, they have not reached out to me. Uh, I can't imagine they will. Um, I would imagine that they're they're going to assume that we're all going to pay, and then if companies uh, default on their rent, then they'll deal with it accordingly. Um, but yeah, we've actually had, there's, you know, maybe 12 units in our strip mall and four of them opened up their retail places opened up about four months ago. Uh, and now they're shut down. So they're gonna, they're gonna have problems without a doubt. And then as a small business owner, Clef, mm-hmm. um, excuse me, Dr. Clef, uh, no uh, as a small business owner, uh, we're all hearing of government incentives coming our way, checks in the mail, support, um, paying your staff. Have you seen anything yet from the government, uh, or are you aware of how you go about getting that money if you need it? Yeah, that's a good question. So originally they had a 10% payroll uh, subsidy, which is a drop in the bucket, and that was going to come directly off your payroll taxes. So as you go to pay your monthly payroll taxes, your accountant would actually adjust. So you didn't have to do anything. But now that they're offering 75% of the salary uh, covered for the next three to four months, assuming your revenue drops by 30%. That's what they're offering. Um, so that's huge. That's hugely beneficial. But they've already stated that that program will not be in effect, and it will be backdated, but it won't be in effect until the end of this month or mid-May. 
So, you know, the check's going to be in the mail, so to speak. However, uh, until then, there's a lot of companies that if they don't have room on their lines of credit or they don't have a lot of cash flow, they're going to be hurting and their, uh, their employees are going to be hurting. I've saved up for a rainy day, um, so we're going to be okay. It's going to hurt, but uh, none of my employees are, are off work. Uh, we're here taking care of the animals, and uh, they don't have anything to worry about. Well, Jack and I um, spoke with one of the REITs that we own. It's First Capital, and First Capital informed us that they sent notices out to their tenants, uh, offering them 60 days of reprieve. Of course, that would be in arrears, but at least a bit of a bridge. Uh, We had Scott Chan, our financial analyst, on the call. I asked him the question, if you can't make your mortgage, what should you do? His response, call the bank immediately. So, again, friends at home, if you're a small business owner, if you can't make your rent payment, I suggest you contact your landlord and explain the situation. I, I, they will understand, and hopefully they give you some grace. You are listening to Hi-Fi Radio. It's on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Uh, Dr. Cliff Redford, uh, vet extraordinaire, a real pleasure to have you on the show. You keep doing the great work, and uh, you're in essential service. You're working hard to keep the pets healthy. I think you're doing a great job. More show right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Into this world we're thrown. Yep. We've been thrown in the middle of a war, my good friends. But it's a war, and all we have to do is sit on our couch. I'm getting a little stiff, I will say, but uh, I can handle a little stiffness. Uh, our forefathers had much bigger problems to deal with than us. Uh, so we are blessed, and uh, we're fighting this globally. Uh, common enemy. We, as a people, are coming together like I have never seen in our entire life. Uh, Jack Carl, of course, uh, helping us. With the cuz, the yang and the ying, and we put it all together and we create greatness for you. Jack, uh, you made a good statement this morning uh, when I called you up, um, shivering and shaking with the fear of the market. Yes, I too am human, my good friends, and my emotions came. Well, I got emotions. Yes, I'm uh, cut me and I shall bleed. Uh, but Jack, you made a very good statement. I said, Jesus, weakness is once again beginning uh, a new quarter in the wrong direction. Uh, and you spoke about the headlines and the market. Uh, I want you to come back to that statement, Jack. Yeah, well, we just, like you said at the beginning of the show, we, we came through the toughest quarter probably since uh, the Great Depression and a ton of volatility. And um, just the last week, we've had even more bad news come at us. And I'm just talking about uh, the last week that we just went through. Uh, you talk about the Chinese news, mortality rates. I don't think anyone really believes sorry, that. Well, I never caught that news. You, I'm sorry. What was the, the, the news out of China? They didn't confirm numbers, but it was just that the U.S. senators are starting to question, obviously, the numbers that are coming out of China uh, and how believable they are. But uh, I will say that there is business actually opening up in China again. We know that uh, uh, stores, whether it's Apple or Nike, uh, they are actually opening up. Those are sort of some little green shoots. But uh, like I said, senators are questioning the numbers. Then you talked about mortality rates. Uh, with Donald Trump, you know, he really changed his tone this week, and he was talking about mortality rising up to could be 100,000 to 240,000. So I think he's setting expectations. Um, those are dismal numbers. They're very bad. So hopefully we can come in and, and maybe uh, come in a little better than that. So we're also seeing earnings getting reset, targets getting reset. 
social distancing going from weeks, which they were talking about uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Now they're talking about months. Uh, and then we also saw maybe uh, a little bit of a green shoot with the uh, the Russia and OPEC uh, deal, which uh, Trump's talking about maybe facilitating. So a lot of bad news. And the fact is that uh, the market went down, obviously, uh, in, in the early parts of the week. But uh, when you saw the, the jobless claims, which were uh, $6 million down in the U.S., which blew away any records uh, on Thursday morning, uh, the stock market actually rose on those. So I'm not saying that we're done uh, or we're through the, uh, the bear market by any means. But uh, you're starting to see a bit of a trading range develop. Um, the bottom end of that range is 2100 for the S&P 500, and it's about 15% below where we are right now. Um, so we're not getting too excited at these levels, but we recognize that uh, you know, as the, the news comes out and it remains bad, uh, the market seems to be somewhat stabilized, and that tells me it's discounted a lot of that bad news. Uh, Jack, I want you to um, share with us, because every morning at 7.30, you dial in to our conference call live from New York City, uh, where Wall Street's finest at Canaccord uh, share with you their daily thoughts, and specifically our rock star at Canaccord, Genuity, frequently seen on CNBC, Mr. Tony Dwyer, um, it, it has changed his tone. He was a bull for 10, 11 years, uh, a, rightly so, hung tough. Uh, but he is quite concerned, perhaps getting somewhat constructive. Can you please, Jack, share with the audience Tony's latest views? Um, well, he's still calling for that retest, and I think that is probably um, the most common, uh, not outcome, but sort of consensus at the moment, that, that we are going to retest the lows that we saw just a couple weeks ago. But like I said, it was around 2,100 on the S&P, about 15% below here. Uh, historically, when you've had a, a panic uh, sell-off like we had back in March, um, you know, you get a, a reflexive rebound, which we saw just last week. Uh, and then over time, uh, the data that comes in, whether it's earnings or economic data, there's going to be uh, a slew of economic data that's coming out. And the fact is, a lot of that data that we're receiving now really hasn't even captured, um, you know, the last couple of weeks uh, where people are really getting laid off even more. So he expects the uh, the economy and earnings uh, and the, the weakness overall just to, to retest that, that 2100 number. Um, and I would expect him, and again, we'll see what uh, what comes of it, but uh, I would expect him to get more bullish as that happens, uh, depending on what's going on with the internals of the market. And when I say internals, I mean uh, how many companies are still participating when the market's going down, what's the volume uh, of sellers, because out of panic, it was obviously at a peak, are people still panicking a month from now if we test the, the low, or is it on lighter volume? So those are the types of things that he's looking for. And I also think a really important one to look at, and I'm focusing on right now, are the credit markets. The Fed has come out and said that they were going to buy all the corporate paper that they can with unlimited capacity. It really unfroze the credit markets um, last week. And you actually had a record issuance of corporate credit debt. And when I talk about corporate credit debt, I'm talking about investment grade, not the high yield junk stuff that we talked about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago on uh, Hi-Fi Radio. Yeah. Um a few points uh, with all of that. Again, I read Tony's most recent note. Uh, when he speaks of the retest, that means the market coming back down near the previous lows set about six, seven, eight trading days ago. And a day right now feels like a month, and a month feels like a week. Well, I hope a year doesn't feel like a decade. Uh, but obviously, the situation is being extended. We have to all do our part to social distance and to flatten the curve uh, so we can all get back to work. You are seeing some responsible governance from companies who are 
shoring up their balance sheet, uh, doing the best they can to survive this. One of the stocks that Jack and I own is the A&W Royalty Income Trust, and they announced today they're going to suspend, i.e. cut their dividend uh, to get through the period of crises, uh, and the stock actually went up on that bad news. And that's what Jack was speaking to earlier this morning to me, uh, that the market has taken a lot of bad news this week. And in the context of that, really selling off 3%, still holding the previous lows, is actually very, very bullish. I fortunately had a call, Jack, with our technician and friends at home, Javid. Javid looks at charts, um, and he's our technical analyst. And he did indicate to me that the sell-off that we witnessed April Fool's, April 1st, was on lower volume. So that is constructive. Uh, but most importantly, friends at home, as Dr. Cliff Redford said earlier, he has a reserve fund for his business to weather the storm. Each and every one of you, the way you get through a crisis, any crisis like this, is having a clean balance sheet, which means you don't have too much debt, you're not overextended, you're not living paycheck to paycheck. And that's what Jack and I are here to help you with such situations. You may contact us anytime, WolfgangKlein.com. Jack Hartle, 60 miles away from me, uh, close to my heart, pal. Uh, doing a great job. You continue social distancing. I'm having trouble keeping my teenagers at bay. Uh, that's my problem, not yours. But for the sake of all of us, I will do my part to keep them home as well. I want to wish you a safe weekend, my good friends. And you thank you for tuning in to Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.